This is for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast over 40 years of playing PlayStation and five plus years in the games media combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation Conversation happens every Monday morning at 8am on podcast services, including Spotify, and 9am on those YouTubes. If you'd like to join us in future conversations, head on over to our socials, our Facebook, Discord, Instagram. All our links are in the description below. My drink bottle's not in here. That sucks. But if you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live. That's right. You can get in the chat. You can come in. You can do all the things. You can have a damn good time and uh, as dash says in the chat right now the cardigan is throwing me off that's right i'm wearing a cardigan today because i went clothes shopping we'll get to that a little bit later but one thing we'd like you to do is to share this conversation tell your friends tell your families about this little playstation pod go to your services of choice give it some star ratings give it likes or written crap or you know subscribe like and ring the bell and all that bullshit but if you want to support us financially, we know it's tough, but head over to patreon.com slash thepopculturist, or you can buy uh, our merchandise at popculturist.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. How are you this fine Saturday time of recording, Max? I'm tired, man. Tired. tired. My kid woke me up at 5am and I also did a five hour shift at work today, which Damn. I don't normally do. So, Damn them kids. Yeah, a bit of a bummer, but you know we'll soldier on. That's right. You just kind of just kind of push through. Yeah. Um, how's the week been apart from today? Yeah, not too bad. You know, uh, I've played a, a lot less games again this week than I ha- than I have, but um, it's been good. We do seem to be at that time week. where it's like there's nothing coming out, so there's, <clears> like, uh, and there's not really a pull to play anything. Um, yeah, I've played I've played a couple of newish games, and I've I've dove I've you know. Dove back into some old stuff, but I played a little bit. Yeah, well, see, my, my week's been pretty all right. Um, nothing too major took place. It's just sort of going through the motions, really. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, just kind of keep doing it, which is cool. <laughs> well, it is that we're at this point. Yeah, everything is the same. Nothing ever I mean, changes. We're, it's we're like, like it's what, good three quarters things. of the way through the year now? Yeah, about three quarters of the way through. We've been in, in isolation-y, lockdown-y, quarantine-y thingy for like six weeks. So everything has been at a standstill for the longest time. It's actually kind yeah. of nuts. Um, but in terms of you mentioned you've been playing a bunch of games, Max, what have you been playing? So uh, I played some Streets of Rage 4. Oh, last hey, night how is it? Online. Um, so it's difficult. Yeah. I, I, well... It might not be difficult. We might just suck, but we were struggling to clear levels on normal mode. We were just getting handed, getting our asses handed to us. Have you played it single, like in a single player setting? Like I have yet, I've yet more people. No, so I've yet to play it in a single player setting. We 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 uh, we downloaded it specifically to play uh, together, mm-hmm. and then we ran into some network issues. We couldn't connect to each other, and it turned out it was because neither of us were running our firewalls, and that was apparently the issue. Mm-hmm. Once we turned our firewalls back on, it was all fine. Uh, dove back into Overwatch, played a little bit of Overwatch recently. I did notice that. Uh, all the new characters, um, I don't know how to play against them, so that's been a learning curve. Well, when was the last time you played? 
shortly after the hamster was okay. So I think the last time we played was like season eight or nine. Uh, so it'd be a couple of years. Well, because the last time I played, they just brought in that dude with a big old fist. He's like, Badoosh, what's whatever his name is. I'm going to call him Doom Fist. Yeah, Doom do- fist. Yeah, yeah, Doom Fist. Yeah. That was the last time I played. And that was uh, a jillion years ago at this point. So, been having fun with that. Uh, I dove pretty hard into the Elder Scrolls Online this week. Hey, very uh, nice. I, I ponied up and bought the. Uh, um, the oh. monthly subscription thing. Oh, well, so you went I can, hard. So I, uh, I I paid for three months of that. So I did some of the side quests, joined some of the guilds, got to level 30-ish. Damn. Fun. And how are you finding it? Yeah, so I'm playing with uh, playing with a friend. He kind of messaged me uh, earlier in the week and said, hey, I'm thinking about re-downloading this. And I said, cool, I have already downloaded it because I was going to play it with Betson and then we never got Still around can. to it. Still can. At no point did you message me this week, you fuck. <laughs> we we could have been playing it. To be fair, I normally get on at like 10.30 at night, so I normally That's think true. most people are in bed by yeah, then. pretty close. Yeah. Oh. oh, thank you, buddy. James has got my drink bottle. Can I have it, please? Thank uh, you, buddy. I've I've managed to convince my wife to play uh, moving out. Is moving out? Moving out? Yep. Yep. Uh, so I've got a, I've got that downloaded, ready to go for when our child sleeps for longer than half an hour. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, what about what about yourself? What have you? Uh, but a pretty quiet week, week? Uh, in terms of video game video gaming. Also, hey Nathan in the chat, what's going on, my friend? Uh, I spent a little bit of time this week with moving out again. Um, so having played it last week, I did bring it into work for my online sessions at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a little bit more time with it there. And then I was like, okay, cool. So we got pretty far, like 20 something percent of the way through in a group of three. So that was pretty easy. Drastically so how changes. Are you- how are you playing it on in an online setting? Oh, no, we just take it at work and we just play it with clients. Uh, okay, sorry, so we play it with other staff members. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we play okay, it and I'm then stream that. it out to our clients. So that, that, that was all fun. I'll um, probably do that again this week. So uh, doing that actually was really handy because it allowed me to look at different ways to approach the levels that I've already done in single player with myself. So yeah. when, then when I came home and I jumped back in, I'm like, all right. And then I was able to uh, gold medal all of them um, achieve the additional side tasks and it all can, cause there was a, I think I may have, I may have mentioned it last week. There was, it felt like no matter what I would do, I couldn't get golds and single. Yeah. But that's, well, yeah. Now that you, pl- when you, when I played a bit more with others, I'm like, Oh, there's a shortcut. There's that, there's that. Okay, cool. And then pardon me, I've been able to sort of rip through it nicely, which has been great. Um, uh, we get I I, re, I downloaded ESO on my laptop, um, so because that's part that's gonna be the, another thing for work as well. So I'll be playing mm-hmm. that, uh, and then additionally, I mean, I di- dove back into uh, Strange Brigade. Um, I think I'm pretty close to the end at this point. That game's a good bit of fun. It's really chill. It's just good puzzles and shooting. It's a good blast. Uh, other than that, uh, not a whole much else really um my week has been a lot of mini painting and watching seinfeld for the first time um so that's that's been an experience that show is fucking awesome by the way oh yeah even just decades later it's like brilliant Mm, i just finished watching upload what's upload 
It's on Amazon Prime. Upload is where uh, it's a show about a. Uh, um, you can upload your consciousness. Oh to, yeah, to no, because I'm watching Seinfeld through you. Amazon. I've seen that ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's worth. It's worth a watch. It's very good. Nice. It's um, got. Uh, it's got uh, Robbie Amell in it. Oh, that's who he is. I, I know that face, but then I couldn't pick yeah. who it was. Uh, I also watched that Super Size Me too. This <laughs> is Super Size Me too. I know that was my response. Is it uh, the same thing? No, no, no. So, for those that don't know, Super Size Me was a, uh, a documentary made by a gentleman named Morgan Spurlock, uh, who, I don't know, PlayStation, um, where he went and ate fast food every every meal for 30 days to see what would happen. Um, so, the <laughs> second <laughs> one go, was it went a different way. So, rather than... Uh, uh, so rather than doing the exact same thing again, he decides he wants to create his own restaurant because apparently like a, a fast food has changed and it's more healthy. And right now he's like, well, I want to see how actually healthier it is or how, if it is in fact better from when he did Super Size Me 1. Fair enough. And yeah, it's, it's a very interesting documentary, actually, especially around the whole, because uh, chicken is huge and then all about the whole, ch- the back end chicken industry and stuff it was absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah. Oh, speaking of fast food though, let's just get in there quickly with the, uh, Ryan get less fat update. Uh, I have now lost a total of 13.4 kilos, um, which has been absolutely fantastic. So I did, there was a, it was about a week and a half, uh, about two weeks where I was stayed steady and, um, that was a bit gnarly. I was like, Oh, why can't I get past this hurdle? But I've seemed to have gone and then I'm heading back down, which is absolutely amazing. So, um, to add to why I'm wearing a cardigan, uh, today I did finally go and buy, uh, some new clothes. Um, you know, losing yeah, 13 and a half kilos really does affect the, your clothes that you are wearing. So like my pants are just falling off me. Um, sh- like, like shirts, I, when well, they're fine, like I'm, I'm, I don't mind a bigger shirt. Um, but even the range of jumpers that I've had, I've only ever had hoodies because they're easy to buy large. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I was there today and they had some cardigans and some other like sort of pullover jumpers. And I got this one in a, this color and a black or a dark gray, sorry. And then another pullover, pullover jumper. And, um, the big thing for me, uh, is that I was like, I haven't always had to buy from the fat dude section, but there was a time where like, that's the only place I could really go. Mm. And yeah, so today I, yeah, I was able to buy everything from the non-fat dude section, which- So now um, that you've, now that you've got your cardigan, are you ready to tell punk kids to get off your lawn? Oh, they're getting nowhere near my lawn at this stage. It feels <laughs> good. But it's so warm. It's really lovely. But it was one of those things because you can't buy them. Like it's, yeah. I, I've always had a, I'm like, cardigans always seem nice and comfy and warm, but they never have them in super big dude size. So I was like- well, now I finally have access to it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm buying it. I'm absolutely buying it. How's- yeah, why not? Yeah. So yeah, like, I'm very happy with it. Um, I don't know whether this ne- I don't know whether this suits me just yet because it's a lighter color than I would normally wear. But I'm feeling it. What about you, Max? How's how's your uh, get less fat update going? So for the last over the last two weeks, I've lost just over two kilos. Fuck yeah! Because I'm I'm not being as stringent as you are. Mm. Uh, so I I only have the shakes on weekdays because my weekends are so out of whack because of my work schedule during the week. Mm. Um, 
my meal consumption's all over the place on weekends. So I, I stick to them during the weekday. And then on weekends, I'm, I'm a little bit lackluster. Like today, for instance, I finished work at 2.30. I'm just like, I'm getting Subway. Yeah. Having a sandwich. Subway's not too bad, though. Like Subway's not on too the, bad. On no. the scale, but depends what you get there, of course. Um, and, then, and then obviously, I've just gone through two glasses of gin. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's that. So like- <laughs> You know, I said like when you say I'm I'm all, I'm all strict on, I am very strict on it in some ways, and then I always. But the the dinner is where I get a bit free. So like yeah. last night for the first time in forever, I had hungry jacks, and it was awesome. And I still and I still lost weight when I woke up, so I was very happy with that. But anyways, that's enough about my fucking weight loss. That's about weight loss. But so how many? Wait, what's your total now then? If if that's two weeks from the total now, so from the start of the year to now, mm-hmm. it would be close to fourteen ish. Four. Fuck yeah. So you and I have lost a collective just shy of like almost 30 kilos. Mm. God damn. Round of applause to us. Just going to say. Just going to say. <laughs> fuck yeah to us. We are going to so, be yeah, so we're, pretty we're for PAX if it happens. Um, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, but Dash goes, yeah, it's called shock in the body. It's a good thing. It is 100% a good mm. thing. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, I still do the celebration meals, um, as they call them. They shouldn't call them cheat meals. Um, but, yeah, I'd sort of them, like, once, uh, sort of once a week to, to, to put a bit more oomph in. Um, but, no, it's good. I like it. I like it. Anyways. Let's get into the section we call Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Now, Max, uh, uh, there were some things, not, nothing massive this week, but we're still getting a lot of the smaller things. So similar to previously, we're going to do the to and fro. One, one, yeah. one, one. Let's see how we go. I, uh, I actually kept everything together this time, so we won't have to go Smart. up and down constantly. So let's kick things off with uh, Assassin's Creed lackluster gameplay reveal. <laughs> so obviously, um, this coming from Landcroft at Push Square. So in the short time since Microsoft's Inside Xbox, which happened three days ago as of recording, uh, we we checked it out to check out the third party titles, hoping to get, uh, hoping to see them come to PS Five. Uh, and obviously, the Assassin's Creed uh, gameplay reveal was there. So. Uh, Ubisoft have been heavily criticized for their use of the word gameplay, however. The, <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, the Xbox Series X manufacturer promised that it would debut footage of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And while it technically did, what we got <laughs> didn't live up to our uh, tempered expectations. The 71-second trailer featured vague shots of the game and cutscenes that most likely don't represent the final product. It was a major disappointment, but at least the cross-gen's title's creative director has quickly sought to temper the flames. Ashraf Ismail took to Twitter to promise that, quote, in-depth gameplay and lots of and lots more information is coming. Uh, so the, the tweet in question, quote, Hello all, you rightfully expected to see today. We have a long marketing campaign ahead of us. You will see in-depth gameplay and get a lot more info about the game. Thank you for ex- your excitement and passion. Be patient with us and be kind. It will be worth it. So when the proper look at gameplay will arrive, we're still not sure yet. Uh, Ubisoft has yet to confirm a digital showcase of its own at the time of writing this uh, article, which was a couple of days ago. Uh, until then, we just have to wait. Uh, in the in the chat, we've got Dash. Get the fuck out of here, Ubisoft. <laughs> uh, and Reverend Park's animated yeah, watchdogs up team. It was, it was so overhyped and it was just nothing now granted i guess 
The takeaway is it was at least all in-game engine footage. Well, why so, didn't they say that? Like, right, it's not gameplay. It's like this show a complete in-game trailer. So, I mean, in that sense, fine, I guess. But when you say we're going to show you gameplay, like, show us gameplay. You, like, is show it, us real gameplay. Look, uh, Xbox and the whole Microsoft conferences or any sort of their video packages have have uh, been pretty liberal in the past about their use of words like exclusive <laughs> and world premiere and um, yeah that's the that's the big problem with their messaging i guess mm. they just need to yeah but on top of that this certainly doesn't come from uh Dash is really hating on this was he in the chat uh quote in-game engine and even then games look like fucking shite almost zero shaders <laughs> well is that uh, uh you know cool all right I said, I'll just wait. Like I said, you know, the the I, we've discussed this in the past, Max. We're like, we're at a point now. Where it's like, all right, we'll just wait until it comes out, and we'll, yeah. we'll look at it then, and we'll think about it then. We've got until the back end of this year, and I'm sure we'll get, we'll get a lot more information between now. And then. I mean, I mean, people have made a point that it's like, you know, it's supposed to be a launch title, so it's 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 you know, it's coming out within six months, and it's still looking mm. like this. Yeah, and like one thing that was that sort of came out of uh, the whole Xbox Inside thing was people's expectations of what next gen would look like, right? Mm. Uh, there was you know sort of people having this expectation of what it's going to be from there to there, um, and it doesn't be meeting that. Now that doesn't surprise me. I imagine people had this grandiose idea of what what next gen visually should be, but that comes in time. Like you know, even first the first PS4 games look a little bit rough compared to yeah. what they look at now. So, it, as we go further in there, or as we start seeing more first party, presumably for both Xbox and PlayStation, that is where we will see the more visually uh, stunning games. Yeah, uh, and Dashel supports what I said in the chat. Goes, yeah, I mean, PS3 to PS4 wasn't a major leap in its infancy. Spot on. <laughs> So I, it know, takes it takes time to get good at, to develop for new hardware. Yeah, and on top of that, I how I think the next generation will be handled because we are hitting a, a, a almost a plateau, like a like a just a uh, what's the what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a um, deficient return or whatever. That's like exactly what I'm looking for, mm. but diminishing returns, works. diminishing yeah. returns. So like the the. the we are hitting that ceiling of what graphics are right now, right? So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of uh, more back-end style, a lot more smarter AI, a lot more processing, maybe a lot, a lot more density in the world rather than- A lot less loading screens. Visual, yes, like loading loading times rather than visual yeah. improvements, uh, which, is, which is fine. Uh, adding more to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, this one comes from Push Square as well. Uh, if you played through Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you'll be familiar with just how huge that game is. The game's stupidly huge. Uh, it takes place in an enormous map and has endless missions and other activities to engage in, keeping players busy for potentially hundreds of hours. It is a great game, according to Stephen Talley, uh, but you could argue it's too big for its own good. That I would agree with. For Assassin's Creed Valhalla, however, it sounds like Ubisoft of Montreal is is scaling things back a little bit. Uh, The publisher's head of communications for the Middle East, Malik Tafar, uh, has responded to feedback about Odyssey's size and scope. And according to him, Valhalla will be, quote, neither the longest nor the biggest game in the series, end 
quote, suggesting you won't have to sink quite as many hours into it. This will be a welcome news to fans who felt Odyssey was a little bloated. It should be noted that this quote comes from a translation of the original Arabic tweet. However, it seems pretty clear what Tefar, uh, Tef, I think I pronounced it wrong beforehand, Tef, uh, Tefar is saying here. Now, Max, this isn't the biggest news that comes out of this for me, personally. Like, uh, we discussed this last week as well, being really super, I'm like, oh, cool, I remember being really excited, you know, about Origins and about Odyssey, and then I get in there, I'm like, this is dense, I don't want it. Yeah, those games were huge. Uh, scaling it back a little bit is not really the end of the world. It's probably a good thing because th- those were long grinds. Those games, brutal grinds, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I think I played Odyssey for like eighty hours, and I'm still not finished. Ew, ew. And it, 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 it once again, if I remember right, they did have those sort of perpetual like missions that always just make something for you. It's similar to like how Skyrim did it back in the day. That same sort of concept, um, just sort of keep but but but. So you'd always find new missions. Yeah, and yeah, that's cool for some, but. Nah, mate. Nah. Yeah, it's a it's a long slog. Yeah, it's 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 rough. So this is this will certainly be a a positive spin. But when that game, when Odyssey was just ridiculously large, I do wonder how. When they say it's scaled back, like, are we looking at a 30, 40, camp, you know, completion campaign? Are we looking at, you know, 80 something, which is still less than what it was? And I guess we'll find that out close to the launch. But it is still early days. Got to remember, this was only yeah. announced to us, like, how many how many weeks ago? Not even? A week and a half. Exactly. Yeah, about, about a week and a half. So, speaking about things that were only recently announced or are still unannounced, there are unannounced EA titles still in the wild. Uh, so this this is essentially a follow-up to EA's previously reported earnings call back in January in which it stated that four, quote, major unannounced projects were set to launch through March 2021. In the publisher's end-of-year report, it dedicates a page to upcoming games. The company still plans on pushing ahead with this. the annual sports titles. The likes of FIFA, Madden, NHL are all present. But it's the small text at the bottom of the page that's interesting. It reads, quote, We expect to announce additional title releases in the financial year of 21 over the coming months, including an unannounced EA Sports title and an additional EA HD title, four EA Partner titles, and two mobile soft launches. So that's a lot of unannounced games to rattle off over the next few months. Maybe one of them could be the infamous Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Uh, was it, didn't it come out? Someone was all balls to the wall and like, yep, it's Mass Effect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it could make sense for for the EAHD title. Mm. Uh, but good news is we may not have to wait very long to get some concrete answers. The recently announced EA Play 2020 is happening in June, promising, quote, world premieres, news, and more. This is, look, I'm look, I'm not a big Mass Effect guy. I didn't really love it like everybody else. Could be because I never played it because I think it spent a lot of time on Xbox and before it came to place the PS3. Yeah, I've, um, I've never played Mass Effect games. I don't care less. Having it not be playable on PS4 right now at all is is certainly a, a hindrance. And it was baffling that they didn't do this earlier, especially when you had like Andromeda involved. 
you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, why, I don't know. why I, is it not here? It could be the bad taste in people's mouths as it was Andromeda, them thinking maybe they're not going to support us when we do this. Mm. Have we have we spurnt them too much? Well, I, I, there is like sort of that that idea that the reason they didn't do this HD remaster prior to Andromeda or around Andromeda's release would be how it would make Andromeda look. It would make Andromeda look incredibly subpar. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I guess, like, in terms of a reason, like, why they didn't do it makes sense now. Yeah. All right, so I'm just having a little bit of weird things with the chat on my side. So give me one sec, but it looks to be pretty good on the Twitch, so that's fine by me. All right, let's keep chatting about EA Max. Uh, EA suggests the PS4 games will be upgraded for free. Also from Push Square. Uh, naturally, there's a lot of chat about next gen right now, but one question in particular remains a bit of a mystery, particularly for the PS5. If you buy a game on the PS4 that later releases on the on the PS5, can you swap to the enhanced version at no extra cost? Interestingly, Electronic Arts now appear to be in favor of such an initiative. Speaking during an earnings call with investors, EA CFO Blake Jorgensen comments directly on the matter, saying, quote, note that this year the uh, phasing includes the effect of revenue recognition from the games that we're launching for the current generation of consoles that can also be upgraded for free onto the next generation, he said. This sounds pretty certain that PS4 games from the publisher are getting souped up max versions for PS5 and players will be able to swap to those next-gen ports for nothing. Uh, Apex Legends is likely getting that PS5 trim, which we talked about last week. So it stands to reason that other EA titles may make that jump as well. While this does sound pretty good, there's also a possibility Jorgensen is merely referring to PS5's backwards compatibility, uh, and as Sony has said, the, quote, overwhelming majority, end quote, of PS4's back catalog will function on PS5. Could AA simply be saying that PS4 games will then work on the new console without having to spend any extra dollars? Uh, they think it's pop- probably more than that, though. The executive's wording suggests he's talking about swapping your PS4 games for the fancy new PS5 version, given other publishers are saying similar things. Microsoft has been touting its smart delivery program, and uh, that one's pretty rad. So I do think that this could certainly be the case, Max, because seeing as it was a financial call with investors, for them, in order to say, look, this is what we're doing from an investment standpoint. It is very financially focused. Mm. And like, it, it, I think it's more likely that it is the the you know, the the prior, as in it is going to be free across both. So you, whether you get a is, souped up version, which is, as the wording on the, which is probably a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it, it it loses the money in the fact that they can't sell the game to you twice. But it builds up that um, the rapport with your consumers that are like, well, you know, they're doing this for us, and you don't get, you know, such a bad taste in your mouth. Be like, oh, you have to, I have to buy this twice because I want it on the next gen console. I want the better version. I mm. want to, I want to play it in its best possible form. If they say, well, if you buy it and we're going to release it later, we've got you. Yeah, and like it, it you know, is that- build, building building that rapport with your consumers is important to keep them coming back to buy your next titles. Yeah, and I do also understand like that sort of mild confusion about that wording, especially as that has been discussed on um, 
on how on how like a big hunger game slash most games sort of being handled it it is a bit yeah okay you know it is up in the air right now it does seem a bit flippant but i do think we will probably hear more specific soon and and if ea is willing to make that jump at that low cost or no cost then it would be odd because you know ea games in the past have won many many uh, acknowledgements of being quote the worst company um yeah so if, if they are doing the, even this minor client pro customer uh setup it would be odd for other companies not to uh jump on it as well yeah moving on uh the ps5 ui could help you plan your game sessions oh speaking of ps5 so yeah so we know that sony's planning to streamline the playstation 5 experience by creating interactive widgets for games to take advantage of on current consoles for example you have to load up a title then select the multiplayer component before you can hop into a match next gen will change this as you'll be able to bypass in-game menus by selecting exactly what you want to do directly from the sisters systems user interface a new patent however hints at how far the japanese giant intends to take this general idea it proposes a software solution whereby players could be informed how long on average it will need to play to complete the next objective. It will also then make suggestions that could potentially optimize your playtime, such as using a specific resource. If you're having difficulty complete to complete a section, then the console will surface for hints or tips. This all connects to the PlayStation AI speculation that's been circling for some time now. Effectively, it appears that the PS5 will include an Alexa-esque component where you'll be able to seek help from the console if you get stuck. Uh, imagine a lot of this stuff will be optional, but it seems Sony wants to streamline your time with its system, which is a noble pursuit considering so many of us lead extremely busy lives. I do live a busy life, Max. But do you want to do you want to be told how long it takes on average for you to complete something, and then it take you three times as long? And no, then just realize that you suck. No, <laughs> uh, it, it is just weird. Like I don't want any of this personally. Like I love it. I love it on concept. Is like, hey, you know, this is what's going to look like. That you know, as uh, for, as per uh, uh, average time spent on this section by other players. Oh, excuse me. It's good. It, you know, it would take you another hour and a half to get, to get to the next objective. I guess it just depends on how in your face these are. Like, is it going to be like, hey, I can see that you're having trouble. Do you want to spend $5 on oh, this thing fuck, to make it easier? Oh, fuck, it's the goddamn paperclip in Word. I see you're trying <laughs> to play a game right now. Do you need some help? <laughs> no, mate. Like, yeah, it just depends on what they're using it for and how in your face it is and whether or not it you can disable it. Yeah, if this if this is a... Uh, if this isn't like an opt-in service. Yeah, if it's an opt-in service, then I'm going to have less of an issue with it. Like, I personally probably going to turn it off straight away. Uh, I, you know, it, it's more of a... Uh, just It seems like an annoyance, if anything. Like, yeah, cool. You know, I live a very busy life. You know, similar to yourself, Max. We both work full-time mm. gigs. We both got kids. Um, you know, and then we do this little side hustles as well. Like we don't have a lot of time to really sit down and smash games. So the idea here would be that as the age of the average, uh, game player is increasing, they can taking into account that with that large age bracket means less time to play games. So let's provide a platform to help those people with, <clears throat> with limited time, time with a bit of time management. And, like, that at its core isn't a problem, 
but yeah, it all comes. It's it's too early days. It's this is too conceptual yeah. for us to really nut it down. I don't. I think. But um, as long as it looks like that weird cloud with legs thing that they patented as well, because that sounds and looks like straight up nightmare fuel. But heading on, uh, keeping it on PS5, uh, Destiny will will make its way across the PS5. Now, this is no no big surprise, of course. Uh, this comes from Push Square. One of the big benefits to Microsoft ever so slightly lifting the lid off of its next-gen Xbox Series X is that developers around the globe feel much more comfortable making their plans public. One example is Bungie, which has today revealed that Destiny 2 will, in fact, be coming to PS5. Of course, it was always going to be playable on the upcoming console through backwards compatibility, but this is but this confirmation suggests that a native version will bring with it some worthwhile enhancements. Console players will immediately sorry immediately point towards the PC's 60 frames per second advantage, while their uh, while their short updated visuals will also be on that wish list. Bungie signs off their announcement saying that quote there are more details to come. Now I imagine this is we're going to see more and more of this, especially more games of a service, quite games of a service like this with destiny <laughs> and apex, which we know both will now with destiny and we know apex mean, is going to come across and presumably we'll hear about Fortnite and, uh, overwatch and a bunch of these games sort of making their way to the, yeah, all, all, all games of service are obviously going to work on the next gen consoles. Yeah. Regardless of like, backwards it's, compatibility, it's, like they're not going to they're all going to come. Yeah. So like every, every time they're we get it's like, yeah, yeah. okay. Cutting off their their milk cow would be silly. Yeah, but on a positive note, though, this is going to announcements like this are actually going to be incredibly helpful come the back end of this year, with the current working from home situations and all these difficulties that people are facing. Uh, there is this concern about what are we going to play at launch. And if all these games are just coming over straight away, like their PS5 versions, like I'm sure they can have PS5 versions ready to go around launch. Like, boom, sweet. Even if they're like, look, the, the launch games are pretty lackluster. We're seeing, you'll be able to see the the benefits of next generation very quick. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, of course. Well, like like we said, you know, it makes sense for all games of service to come out as, as quickly as possible on the next gen consoles. Uh, the faster they get them out, they can keep their revenue going. It just makes sense for them to to uh, keep their games of service running. That's true. Yeah, no, look, it, yeah, because there's, there's a people have a lot of money and a lot of time invested in these games, and um, yeah, it would be silly of them to a, as you said, get rid of that cash cow, and also be that quote anti-consumery mm. moving on uh we got some more uh, we got a new last of us 2 trailer showing oh. some gameplay this week oh, so naughty dog promised and they delivered uh due to launch next month on the 19th of june you can check out the latest slice of footage that dives into both gameplay and some story beats if you haven't uh, already seen it uh, the, uh, or heard the media blackout following the unfortunate leaks it is worth watching but Stay clear of the comment sections. Big time. Although, some information on that coming up a little bit later. So, the two-minute trailer puts a lot of the screenshots everyone's seen the past few months into motion, plenty of new gameplay sequences, and things get truly gruesome the longer you watch. I won't oh. go into too much detail. I want to you know, be as spoiler-free as possible. 
but it looks like the last of us part two will be pulling will not be pulling any punches whatsoever dude and that makes me so <laughs> so happy because <clears throat> when we look back at other previous showcases or trailers and we know we saw people being straight up fucking disemboweled and hanging off stuff and these just you know crazy violence everywhere like not quite ultra violence mm. but pretty gnarly violence everywhere uh i'm very happy to see that that is continuing because i know there was a little bit of like backlash quote unquote around the violence oh my god excuse me around the violence around um around the last of us sorry man Uh, so I'm glad they've really kind of doubled down. They're like, no, no, this is what we want, and this is what we're this is what we're planning to, to planning to deliver. So here you go. Um, that makes me really happy. We get to see a lot more uh, of Ali, and I guess this is semi spoils if you've not watched any of the trailers. Uh, you know, we get to see a bit more interaction between her and Joel as well, um, which is fantastic. Now, of course, neither you and I have seen the the spoilers or the leaks, and we will, and we certainly will not. So, what one thing that we have been doing is, invo- as as Max mentioned, avoiding any comment section, uh, and Sony is sort of playing it smart on that as well. They know that just people are being absolute c words and just straight up you know fuck them they're cunts i hate them like they're just going out there and just delivering this information everywhere so they're playing it smart and they have been locking off their comment sections uh on their youtube videos and whatnot um however they cannot stop them on facebook and twitter and instagram i believe so it's more just about youtube so keep an eye out bumholes are everywhere and they're really trying to um just spoil your day all the time but i do greatly appreciate um personally the playstation are trying to do this to at least block it in some ways where keep it safe because uh it was was it announced this week or last week that they went gold I think it was on the precipice of last week, this week. Yeah, so we, we may have been post this show, post our recording last week, but it is 100% happening. Uh, the Last of Us has gone gold, which uh, is brilliant for a number of reasons. One, uh, I'm like, it, it's actually forcing me to eat, eat, eat some of my words a little bit, actually, in, in a really good way. I discussed this on uh, the Dash Gamer podcast, which I guessed it on this week. Um, I made a lot of comments uh, about the last of us not being ready and they're sort of taking advantage of this coronavirus delay uh and then in order to squeeze some extra time out by having them go gold now so they're about six weeks out from release it's a little bit more than normal uh it actually seems more it 100 percent um seems uh like it's more legitimate of those claims that they were waiting on uh production concerns because six Mm. weeks out like the game is ready to go six weeks to six weeks left until it's got to be in stores that they're they're allowing for a lot of time for for things to get the places they need to be so i uh i eat my words 100 percent. ryan was wrong they were ready to go um, and they they were 100 percent on a logistics thing um so it is very i'm very happy to hear it's finally gone gold it it does suck that the all the leaks and all the hubbub right now uh about the game so the negative backlash towards the game um is hindering what is excellent news because this game has been you know x amount of years in development and i'm really excited for it and for some reason people are really mad about it like if you go to that video on, on the youtubes it's uh, you know, 22,000 likes to 66,000 dislikes, you know, like there is a very strong, like one to three 
in in favor of the negative, which I don't understand, dude. I I cannot understand this hate right now. Is is this just some tall poppy syndrome shit? I think people had it in their mind they were going to get it when they uh, when they wanted it, and then when they everything changed on them, they just get angry. Gamers are very entitled. <laughs> I think they're entitled they for a lot more than they unquestionably. Than they yeah. Yeah, look, I said I I could rant all day about these apps, as I said, the absolute cunts that are ruining this game for everybody else, and I I cannot I cannot understand it. It makes me, it makes me furious that the the in terms of the the this pure enjoyment about ruining somebody else's day, like that just makes you an empty asshole. That's it. Yeah um oh dash corrects me you don't guest on the show you host it that is true i do in fact host that show along with dash and uh paul from player two um just force a habit uh next up max so i think we'll come back to this we'll one. come back to this one yeah we'll I like this one. yeah moving on so could could there be a new tony hawks pro skater mm. and crash bandicoot in the works mm. so activision has two unannounced titles based on library intellectual property in the pipeline and there are strong rumors to suggest that they will be new entries into the crash bandicoot and tony hawk franchises with regards to the skateboarding series pro skater jason dill effectively confirmed the game this week this is in no addition to band the dead set previously hinting at it as well the rumors are less strong for a new Crash Bandicoot, although the publisher has indicated in the past that it wants to make it. And a TV ad released by Sony last year appeared to include a previously unseen render of the mischievous marsupial. All should be revealed in the coming weeks with multiple industry events planned, including possibly a big PS5 blowout. Mm. What do you reckon? Uh, do, look, we need a new, do we need a new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? In uh, my opinion, no. The last one was terrible. Yeah, number five was pretty bumhole, and I think for that exact reason they shouldn't. Uh, but in the, it's that weird line, because in that same breath, it is probably they need to recover from that from that bullshit that was Tony Hawk's Five. Um, but I, it's just, it's, it, look, there's a very weird place right now uh, when it comes to especially skateboarding games, right? Like skateboarding had a massive renaissance in those 90s, early 2000s, right? That was where mm. skateboarding was, was common. It was popular. It was massive. I don't think skateboarding is there right. He's there right now. And uh, so I think that there is a difficulty with releasing a game like that now saying that though um another game that i that i saw this week is called skater xl it's coming out next next month uh it looks to be mm. sort of a spiritual successor to uh ea's skate um i think that'll do well because people miss skate and i can, because skate plays incredibly differently i, um, I miss skate i miss skate hard <laughs> you know what i mean so like i think that sort of skateboarding game is needed. However, I don't mm. think Tony Hawk is. Um, I think the big is the big difference. But th then again, this could be me being my own little bubble as well. Because around Tony Hawk, the original Tony Hawk releases, that's when I gave a shit about skateboarding because I was young and I used to skate myself. And then I just got fat and old. But like at that time, like and when you looked at the the list of skaters, you would see you know Tony Hawk, Bob Burnquist, Chad, Chad Muska, Rodney Mullen. Like there are all these people, the all these massive names that aren't massive anymore. You know what I mean? Like I could yeah. I couldn't tell you who 
would be the next up and coming big skateboarding peeps. Oh, big thank you to Dadbod players coming through with the raid of the party of four. Thank you very much, Dadbod. Hello, Captain Tightbits. Oh, what a name. <laughs> oh, Captain Tigbits. Damn it. Tightbits would have been better. I uh, had to send some love to you, my favorite Aussies. Thank you very much, Dad. Thanks, man. Dadbod plays amazing. Exceptional TikToker, by the way. If you want to see some hardcore, awesome dancing, he's, he's fantastic uh my peeps give them a follow they're awesome and make the most awesome content um but yeah so i think i I think that with that change in in consumption of 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 skateboarding as a medium i don't think a new tony hawks would work well here especially when it comes to uh uh yeah just people not knowing or caring who skateboarders are anymore i guess it depends on if it's going to be a new tony hawks or if they're going to give us a new souped up version of uh, a fan favorite. Yeah, like if they if they were able to mush like one, two, three, and four together, like you know, sort of this big collective package. That oh, would- so so we're gonna get Tony Hawk's Pro Skater anthology. <laughs> yeah, and just bump, bump them all together. So rather than having them for, as be four separate, like if they're gonna go this full route, right? You know, yeah, uh, you know, Activision making money on remakes, or whatever. <clears throat> let's just plonk them all together so that you have all the levels, you have all the skateboarders. Go that way. Like, that would be the smartest bet. I, I could get behind a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD collection. Yeah, but like not even separating them, though. Like, bring them into one one huge scope game. But granted, oh, like, that does also- nah, so, so you wouldn't- I don't think that would work so well because there were mechanics that were introduced in the later ones that would just completely destroy levels that were. That's true. Yeah, second you bring in manuals and reverts and shit, like it completely would wreck any of the older games. And then, like underground, you could get off your skateboard as well. Oh man, see that's the thing. Like what I'm taking into account here is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one to four. That excludes the the impeccable underground one and two. Oh, but the undergrounds were so good. You can't cut them out. That's true. You cannot cut them out. Uh, <laughs> Captain, T- I'm just going to call them tight bits because I like saying it. Uh, tight bits. Uh, my uncle is really into the, into the skateboarding scene and he is so good at it. He has, be- has been a famous skateboarder in a game of skate and my uh, he has beaten a famous skateboarder in a game of skate and my uncle won uh, his used skateboard. It's on his wall. That's awesome. So, like, skateboarding for some is, is still around. Like, I, so I still have my skateboard. Granted, it's, it's, like, 12 years old now. So, it, A, cannot support my weight. And, two, it's probably all waterlogged and shit. Uh, but my son loves it. So, like, I'm excited mm. for this Skate, X, Skate XL game because I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. It's, it's very similar to Skate. It's getting me keen. But a new Tony Hawk's game, which is... Tony Hawk has also got on the record saying that he no longer has that deal with Activision. So it's this weird sort of line, like they would have to reinstate his the name deal with him, I guess, because he fell off that deal like a while ago. I don't know. Yeah. And in terms of Crash, we've heard about this rumored new Crash game for forever. Couldn't give a fuck about it personally. Yeah, I'm the same. Because <laughs> Crash Bandicoot really did end that after walked. Crash Team Racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. Oh, yeah, it was Crash Team Racing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it but, died at what? <laughs> but I mean, in terms Don't of its wrong, big Crash appeal. Team Racing is great, but it's not a Crash Bandicoot game. Yeah, no, but like Wrath of Cortex <laughs> was okay. But like, yeah, once you got away from Naughty Dog, it really sort of rapidly declined. Um, yeah. And I, this the recent success and love of Crash Bandicoot comes from the remakes of the original three, not the request for a new one. Yeah. Moving on up, speaking of old franchises that may be making, the, making their way back, uh, this comes from Push Square. Uh, my video was frozen. Give me one second. Boom. 
boom and then i'm back in and i've lost my uh my news there it is uh <clears throat> the prince of persia's back apparently uh, here's a strange story. There's been footage of a cancelled Prince of Persia game found on a, on YouTube for over eight years, but it's only been now, like, put into the wild. The concept trailer, subtitled Redemption, was in development for PS3, and it shows an Uncharted-esque set-piece scenario involving time manipulation, sword fighting, and a lot of running. The game obviously was never published, but fortunately there are rumors of a new Prince of Persia title uh, after Ubisoft registered a domain name recently, which is in the next bit. Uh, but while we wait for more information on that, uh, we... What do we think of this potential concept, Max? It's definitely got that late PS3 era muddy look to it, um, but it could be interesting nonetheless. Uh, this was since updated going to, according to an ex-Ubisoft and Naughty Dog animator, jo uh, Jonathan Cooper, this is not gameplay footage, but a target render. Quote, that this target game footage, pre-ended game pitch, inspired our own pitch for Assassin's Creed 3, as they did such a great job making it look like real gameplay, he said. <laughs> What a strange uh, twist at the end there. Yeah, but <laughs> to add a bit of, bit, of, bit of extra to it, Ubisoft has, has also been busy with some websites, uh, recently registered the domain for Assassin's Creed Valhalla just hours before the game was revealed, and they've also since uh, taken a hold of PrinceofPersia6.com. Uh, is the publisher finally bringing this action platforming franchise back to life? Asked Robert Ramsey from Push Square. Well, it's of course not concrete proof that the new PS, uh, sorry, a new Prince of Persia is coming. It is still a very specific domain, so there's a chance that it doesn't actually mean anything at all, because normally it would be Prince of Persia subtitle, right? Uh, because you'd have to then take into account, you know, Warrior Within, Sands of Time, and you'd have to knowingly know that they are all counted and etc mm. right it's a lot a lot of extra work there but with so many next gen events uh coming up microsoft's xbox series x showcase as we mentioned last week didn't show anything while sony's ps5 reveal will come at some point in later late may or early june it is possible that ubisoft may in fact be gearing up for an announcement max what is your thoughts on a new uh, uh prince of persia however quickly want to uh, respond to tight pants here uh, tight bits. Uh, big fan of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, aren't we all? That's uh, even all the songs were on point. That is true. Nothing can quite beat the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 soundtrack. Now, I'm Excuse a me while massive... I my pants. <laughs> I'm a massive Prince of Persia fan. <laughs> I would love a new Prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, <sighs> they don't do too much different from any other action platformer, but it's just, it's such a cool world for me but i i asked this in 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 the idea like hey you know we've got like assassin's creed is more prominent now and that's kind of you know similar to what that test footage as mentioned like it is sort of filling that void of what prince of persia was uh they mentioned uncharted-esque scenario so uncharted's filling that sort of traversal yeah. void like, is there even a place for Prince of Persia anymore? Like, is well, there something it, that has been sort of delivered across a bunch of other games? Well, I mean, it, it depends on what games you've played. Like, now this is, uh, as someone who now co-hosts a PlayStation podcast, I've never played any of the Uncharted games. Mm. <laughs> That's <laughs> they cool. Just, They're great. I've, They're totally I've great, seen, and you should, but... I've, I've seen them all from start to finish because I watched my wife play them, that but counts. I've personally never played them. Yeah, that counts. They they just just wasn't my jam. Yeah. Same with like Tomb Raider and all that stuff. I'm just like not. 
if the IP itself doesn't. But then how how not- how does Prince of Persia grab you, but these two don't? Because they are very similar. Well, I guess obviously I you know I played Prince of Persia since it was a two D side scroller. God, I love that two D side scroller. It's so good. <laughs> and then when it became three D, it was just it, it was just what I remember. It's the nostalgia from playing it as a kid. Mm. I imagine the nostalgia I think, played a role. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. That's well. I I think I might leave the next article, uh, next news bit for you. So I'll skip down to the uh, the PS Five stuff. Sounds good. So we have some PS5 reveal event rumors. The question everyone's been asking, when will Sony reveal the PlayStation 5 and its lineup of both first and third party games? Recent rumors have pointed towards something happening at the end of this month or an event just afterwards in the early days of June, with GameBeat's Jeffrey Grubb most notably stating the date of the 4th of June. Now, soon to be Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier... (laughs) has thrown his own hat into the ring of speculation. In a new interview with Press Start, Schreier has asked whether or not there is any credibility to the rumors in question. He responds by saying, quote, As far as I know, right now, Sony is still on track to do at least one thing by early June, let's say, or by mid-June, let's say. So E3, he then, potentially mm, E3 window. So he then stresses that these plans could still change as the current world pandemic continues. But at least for now, however, it appears we are roughly one month away from Sony revealing its hand. The Japanese giant is heavily rumored to have Demon's Souls remake to go alongside its next-gen console at launch, while the likes of Horizon Zero Dawn 2 could follow soon after. Sequels to God of War and Marvel's Spider-Man are also pretty much inevitable. There was an update to this. Jason Schreier has added a little more clarification to his comments on the recent era forum. Quote, I said there would be something PS5 related happening by mid-June, unless it is bumped due to the current pandemic. I didn't say it was a PS5 event because I don't know how many things they're doing. So take that with what you will. Hmm. I mean, we're eventually going to get all these announcements and what it is and have a look at the hardware and what's coming out with it. Unfortunately, with with everything so up in the air with the world at the moment, it must be hard to, I mean, with everyone working from home, they're such a big company with so much, uh, obviously, interworking that they need to do across multiple countries. It must be hard for them to kind of get together and be like, this is when we're going to do it. This is what we've got to show because... I mean, as much as people say don't judge a book by its cover, first impressions do matter, and they want to come out looking strong. Mm. I'm in a weird spot, I and mean, we've discussed this before, Max. I love, you know, I'm excited to hear about more new things coming from PlayStation, what this PS5 will be, but until I hear it from the the Japanese horse's mouth... I I I cannot care Uh, anymore. Like the amount of times we've been like, something's happening in February. (gasps) Didn't. Something's happening in March. (gasps) It didn't. We've been burnt too many times. Literally every month we've had some sort of this announcement is rumored to come, which I don't know about you, proves me that no one fucking knows anything about the PS5 reveal or when it's even happening. No one knows. I mean, they're all like, oh, this this developer is announcing this at this date and this person's doing this at this date. So Sony has to be doing something around then, right? 
right? <laughs> well, there's been no like like if anything, what we've seen is proof that there that they won't be that there is nothing. Yeah, you know. So I myself have said I re- I refuse to get excited until I can get some like it's more been- confirmation. I, I can't even remember when the last PlayStation State of Play was. Um, back end of last <laughs> year, like October. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone in chat, but I don't think there's been one this year. No, there certainly hasn't been one this year. Like well, the, you and the- I have been doing this show since about November. Yeah, like the controller they announced in a blog post. There mm. was no there was no video for that. There was Yeah, it's been very eerily quiet. Sony of it being very tight lipped. Mm. Um but yeah, until we until we hear it officially, I'm gonna take every bit of this announcement with a grain of salt as my mouse gets in my face. And finally, Max The last day to play was December says the Reverend Park. So he corrects us. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's see. Finally, the Doom composer will not be so eternal. Doom developer id Software has confirmed that it has parted ways with composer Mick Gordon amid a very public social media spat. The fallout came to the uh, the forefront when an audio engineer posted an image of the waveforms from one of the songs on Doom Eternal soundtrack and compared to the Doom 2016 soundtrack. It showed a highly compressed profile with a less dynamic sound range. The original poster placed the blame on Gordon's feet, though he was quick to distance himself from the project. This is being Gordon, claiming that, quote, he'd only mixed a small handful of tracks and wouldn't have done that. He went on to tell another fan that he doubts he'll work with id Software again, alluding to some kind of breakdown of communication. This, as you can expect from people with pitchforks on the internet, led to a tidal wave of online abuse being pointed at at id uh, at id developers, uh, sorry, id software's developer lead audio designer who uh, was responsible for mixing the remainder of the soundtracks. Such has been the ferocity of this backlash. The executive producer uh, Marty Stratton was forced onto Reddit to comment. Quote. Some have suggested that we've been careless with or disrespectful of the game's music, he wrote as part of a lengthy statement. Quote, others have speculated that Mick wasn't given the time or creative freedom to deliver something different or better. The fact is, none of that is true. What has become unacceptable to me are the direct and personal attacks on our lead audio designer, end quote. Stratton continued that while Gordon's music is defining, the parties have, quote, struggled to connect on some of the more production-related realities of development, and communication around those issues have eroded trust, end quote. There's a lot more meat in the post itself, but the bottom line is that there was a serious breakdown in relation between the pair. This has ultimately resulted in id Software deciding to end its relationship with any uh, with Gordon for Doom Eternal's upcoming single-player DLC. Surprise, his upcoming single-player DLC uh, and any future projects. Quote, I'm as disappointed as anyone that we're at this point. But as we have many times before, we will be adept. Uh, we will adapt to changing circumstances and pursue the most unique and talented artists in the industry with whom to elaborate, to collaborate. Stratton concluded. Now we put this one in here mostly for me, because I personally absolutely fucking love the Doom soundtrack. 
Um, I think Mick Gordon is a, a straight-up talent, uh, especially when it comes to that sort of industrial sound that we got with Doom 2016, which then was brought into Doom uh, Eternal as well. Uh, so to hear that there has been some sort of disagreement or some you know mismanagement on either side of them, uh, that resulting in this not being delivered further or you know not being within Mick Gordon working with Bethesda in a number of ways is disheartening to me personally. Uh, but I also understand from a business perspective where it stand. Uh, my, from my understanding was that they had created many agreements, uh, many extensions with, with Mick in order to get his song, his songs, his things ready for release of the official soundtrack. So for those that did pick up the collector's edition of, uh, of Doom Eternal, like the actual soundtrack itself was delayed about a couple of weeks, about a month. Um, so even if you bought it, you couldn't even access it day one. You got it later. So that is interesting. And I wonder whether that's played a bigger part here. Because myself personally, that what Mick Gordon has created for Doom 2016 and following Doom Eternal, they are the defining sounds of doom for me like that sort of industrial guitar that real sort of chug heavy with that with that hard synth very low end you know guttural sort of sounds i i love it endlessly i think it's absolutely fantastic um and i don't know i don't i i imagine my feelings towards doom if it does go any further than this may be altered with the removal of of his music max interesting yeah it's it's always a shame when there, there there's a breakdown between artist and and the developer uh, especially um over something over something like this like a uh, a lowering quality of the music to fit into the game. But adding to that, so the discussion here was isn't around the issue of the audio, right? So due to mm. due to um, Mick not achieving, not meeting his goals and getting the songs out on time, there was an agreement to move them onto the lead designer, who would yeah. who was to then do the final mixing on on the songs that Mick hadn't completed yet. Yeah. Um, so that's so. If you have a listen to some of the songs on the soundtrack that that Mick Gordon mixed himself, they do have that wide range. They do have that more intricate, deep sort of nuances where the lead designers sort of come in, put them together, and the, in, as you can see from the waveform, they are quite heavily compressed, and they they don't have the same uh, clarity and sort of nuances that you would would have found in Mick Gordon's mix. Mm. I mean, it's a shame, but uh, like, well, like you've just pointed out, you know, there was a deadline, and he, he did not making the deadline kind of puts it put, puts the developer in a, in a sticky situation as well. Yeah. Like they need to meet their targets, and because of this, you know, it's just a shame that it happened so publicly. I guess, yeah. And now, and- and now for them to choose to 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 cut ties entirely. Um, which I think that means just, there's a lot more that we haven't seen. So uh, with old Marty's uh, big post, like there is a lot of very open discussion in that, you know, so it's yeah. not as if there, it wasn't PR wordy. It wasn't like a bunch of, you know, we give him, we, we wish him best on his future endeavors or that garbage. None of that. Absolutely none of that at all. Like it was 
you know, pretty by the book, you know, just like, Hey, this is what it is. This is, this is, this is, this is it from our side. So it, I imagine there's a lot more to it than just, Oh, and I'm out of here. Like, I think there's yeah. seemed to be a, a bit more. Um, and I think why people are getting mad about this specifically is that Mick Gordon and his music has been such a big selling point. They have, you know, in the, you know, previously id have connected the two, they have put them on the same place, on the same pedestal, like, you know what I mean? And they've had Mick be part of the showman, uh, the sh- part of one of the showmen to, um, yeah. to Doom. Like, you know, he was at uh, 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 PAX 20, 2017, where he literally went there to just play the entire soundtrack and explain how he made it and, and what his processes were. And it was fucking fantastic. Best panel I've ever been to. Every, pa- every panel I've been at PAX since has been subpar. That's including the ones I've been in like they have all been subpar compared to the awesome panel so i understand the backlash because if those two are connected i i having those that that connection severed um will be a greater issue than people think yeah it's a it's a real shame yeah all right max it's time to do it. We haven't done a little while let's get some deep dive and dirty on one particular topic let's back end this section of of the news with uh cyberpunk <laughs> So this week we got some uh we got to, the game's ES- ESRB rating has been made public revealing some surprising little details as you'd expect the titles rocketed straight to a mature rating in the US due to graphic violence scenes of sexual nature drug use and very strong violence here in Australia it has been given the R18 and we have also been told that it will not be censored for us Australians in any way so that's that's also exciting news um The rating reads, quote, The game contains nudity and sexual material. Players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include depictions of breasts, buttocks, and genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations of genitals. In true cyberpunk fashion, it sounds as though you can modify your body however you want. The rating also confirms that as CD Projekt Red has previously said, Motion-captured sex scenes will play out in first person. Quote, players can encounter events where they have the option to engage in sexual activities with other main characters <laughs> or prostitutes. These brief sex scenes, from a first-person perspective, depict partially nude characters moaning suggestively while moving through various positions. Some scenes contain brief depictions of thrusting motions. Other scenes depict a character's head moving towards a partner's crutch. Everyone settle down. So the reason we picked this one is only because it's an interesting topic because uh, for a couple of reasons, like sex and sort of nudity and sort of sexual things. Oh, apparently my camera decides to want to slow zoom out. No, go back in. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, give me The zoom rock is busted (laughs) on the camera, so it's just going to keep zooming. It's going to keep zooming out. Are you trying to distance yourself from this story? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Max, if you can quickly check this, I'm just going to fix the zoom. God damn it. So it's, it's very, well, it's very interesting for us Aussies because generally uh, uh, games with sexual natures or drug use are very big no-nos here. We, our, our, uh, our rating board is very much uh, uh, keep, it, keep it tidy, I guess, in a way. So it's interesting that something like this has been approved and will not be getting censored uh, for us Australians in particular. 
Well, yeah, and like that's sort of that's, that's my big thing, especially in like the US as well. So like the US has when it comes to their rating rating boards or any when it comes to movies or any of their sort of mm. uh, entertainment, there is this weird disconnect between um, violence and the acceptability of violence compared to acceptability of of sex. So mm. it is very fascinating that 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 this is kind of swung that way but in terms of like of the actual uh, uh augmentation of of the body this isn't this from from all accounts seems very pro cyberpunk lowercase c you know what i mean like this is yeah, well, this cyberpunk is, this as is, a genre is this it's very fluid well, it's very mixed you know it's if i mean this is a this is a tabletop rpg game at its core if you look back at the at the core books for this uh body modification is very much what this was about so have, being able to customize your character in a way that suits you and that you want to to play as is very much true to its source material. Mm. Well, yeah, and like it's yeah, it's hundred percent true because like you you know within cyberpunk as a genre, yeah, fluidity and sort of that complete customization, uh, I guess is just is is sort of part of it and. I think this is actually a great step forward, like within ha- approaching these topics within a gameplay setting. Like there does seem to be this sort of reluctance to 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 discuss or sh- or or show sex, only because it's very a lot of t- in previous it's been very fucking uncomfortable. Like you know, even when you watch like uh, um like The Witcher as an example that had some, mm. some weirdy sort of sex scenes and like got the old God of Wars had them, but they're not quite the same. It's just kind of uh, mini games. Like it's how to depict that is where it's going to get difficult. I'm, I'm very fascinated to see how this goes because this game is a hundred percent adult. And I, well, I, it's, it's very I'm interesting glad it's being treated as such. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like, you know, with this, with the CD project red announcing that, that, you know, they motion capped these, can you imagine being a mocap artist doing this? Well, for yeah. A game? The benefit is that you're in like the weird suit. Like, have you ever seen? You know, when you watch like TVs and you watch like Game of Thrones, but they don't have to straight up rub, rub naked shit on each other. You know what I mean? It's like at least here they get to be all strapped in and eyes like suit with little balls on it. Mm. But um, you know, in terms of representation, I do think this is fantastic. Now, like. So we don't get too political in here uh, in sort of uh, stances and whatnot, but like, you know, I have, I have friends that are trans. So for them to be able to create characters that fit, that represent them and their community is, is massive to them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in order, in order to, to live within that sort of that nature um, is a massive positive. And I think that's fantastic. So it's one of those things like, I don't understand why there's why some people have had an issue with this because if you don't want to create a fluid character, then don't. Don't, yeah. Like it doesn't change how you play the game. It just yeah. makes that those that play it can 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 connect a bit more to it. They can have a bit more agency, a bit more, you know, connection to the material. Yeah. Like because right now, Mac, you know, you and I are fucking we are the majority. We are, you know, white. Middle class <laughs> heterosexual men, like we tick fucking all the boxes. So and we and yeah. we have been represented in games forever, absolutely forever. So it's it's nice to know that at least the others get to have a go. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm glad they've made the customization as as wide uh, and as open as they have. I think it. I think it. It stays, like I said before, it stays true to its source material and it gives everyone the chance to create the character that they want to play as. Mm. And like you said, it gives them agency and a bit more 
connection to to it. Yeah. Now, saying that, though, like, everything I've just said has been quite nice and poignant and respectful. I'm going to fuck with that slider so hard when that game comes out. I'm going to give my guy, like, the smallest pain and the biggest set of balls you've ever seen in your entire life. I'm going to be, like, far left for the pain, far right for the balls. It's going to be... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a sight for, for sore eyes. Mm. Are, are, are you going to dick about, pun intended, in the um, <sighs> that customization? Yeah, I mean, everyone does. Everyone does. Like, I remember when I played Conan for the first time. Oh, yeah. Had a wank, and it had a wang slider. You, you know you're going up and down on that slider for a while. Yeah. And, like, because uh, last I heard that everyone that was playing Conan was just big dicks everywhere. <laughs> everyone just slid that shit as far right as they could. Yeah. Um, you know, the benefit of this as well, it's, you know, it is equal, like both, both genders or both sexes, sorry, are getting the, the, those organs. So they can, they can mm. slide them however you want. As I discussed, I'm in the start of the, in the pre-show, like I'm going to go to the buttocks to be negligible. No, but it's a fucking <laughs> straight line. Just bam. And just flat. Just flat balls and coming out the front. That's what I want. Mm. But no, there's a lot here. And I do think we'll, I, uh, this is something I heard <laughs> somewhere recently as well. There was a suggestion that like, hey, maybe you should go and pick up your game of your copy of Cyberpunk 2077 on release. Just saying. Um, because someone at some point is probably going to bitch and whinge about the dick slider. And then they're like, oh, very similar like Manhunt back in the day or GTA 3. They're like, mm, we're going to have to change the rating. You know, and the next thing you know, Cyberpunk's off shelves, and there's a, suddenly a dickless version. You know, <laughs> a dickless version. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's the right idea. Maybe you need to go pick up Cyberpunk 27 so you can get the unhindered dick version. Yeah. What What if I can get it, like a, a cyber penis though? Like, because we're making the assumption here that it's like a fleshy pen. Can can we make a robo pain? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Can, can I make, can I give myself some tuchus, but like cybernetic tuchus <laughs> that I can twerk at the press of a button? You want some magnetic junk in yeah. your trunk? <laughs> like it's all hydraulics and shit. That's what I want. <laughs> you got a hydraulic buttocks that you can uh, <laughs> flex at different times. Yeah. Cause I, I you know, <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that, like, that thing with, like, hip-hop? <laughs> That's the dream. Like, with, hi- with hip-hop and hip-hop film clips about making the butt cheeks all smack together. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got, like, hard hydraulics, like, junk, junk, you just, junk. You're just giving yourself an applause after every gunfight with your ass cheeks. <laughs> junk, 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 junk. That's my plan. That is my plan. Hard steel butts. Anyway, oh. let us know what you think of <laughs> <laughs> having super customizable genitals and uh in cyberpunk it's an interesting time to be i think well yeah it's a great great time to be alive do you think do you think this level of creative freedom will um roll out turn horribly turn oh. out horribly oh, yeah there will be some dude there will be some horrendous photos online of check out my cyberpunk character and it's all dicks just dicks all day it's <laughs> gonna be awesome but do you think like this level of customization or freedom will roll into other other games in the future I mean, I hope so. Most of the time, like with with most games, especially with this, you'll spend an hour customizing your character for a first-person game and you're never going to see yourself. That's true. 
So, I, I mean, a lot of the times, this doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that how it affects other games. Well, because the same can be said for like Overwatch. You never see yourself; you're in first person. But by God, the people put a lot of effort into uh, their skins. Buying, buying skin. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same. Yeah, I want to look pretty in that loading screen. That's true. But yeah, let us know what your thoughts on Cyberpunk and its cyber penis. Um, in the comments I'm below. still I'm I'm still calling it cyber junk from now on. Cyber junk, yeah. Cyber junk. Uh that's ends the section we call inform. The, no, we've done that part. That's the, look cyberpunk yonks away, dude. Yonks away. Let's have a chat about what <laughs> games that are coming out this week in a section we call coming to the players. Max, bring it home. Oh, there's there's not much. So new PlayStation games for May twelfth for the week of May twelfth, twenty twenty. Again, this comes from the US PlayStation blog, so some dates may change for us Aussies. Some may not come out at all. Uh, we have Emma, Lost in Memories, PS4, PS Vita, Digital, out May 11th. Fault, Milestone 1, PS4, Digital, out May 15th. Hunt Down, PS4, Digital. Ion Fury, PS4, Digital, May 14th. Island Saver, PS4, Digital, out May 13th. Pixel Ripped 1995 PSVR Digital. Pong Quest PS4 Digital May 15th. Uh, Potata Fairy Flower PS4 Digital out May 13th. Uh, Tactical Champs PS4 Digital out May 15th. Uh, Thy Sword PS4 PS Vita Digital Cross Buy. And that is all for this week. Absolutely nothing of note. Not a Absolutely thing. Absolutely. Pick up none of these for your mum for Mother's Day. No. Your mum ain't getting shit for games, all right? She ain't getting nothing. Yeah. Man, it's real tough. Yeah, it's, stuff. It's, a, it's a struggle at the moment. I mean, you know, we, we keep getting news of what's coming out, and but there's nothing nothing for a while, unfortunately. That's the very, big, ones are, big ones are all a month away. That's very true. That's bringing home, Max. So this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Spotify and 9 a.m., <laughs> on those YouTubes. If you'd like to join us in our future conversations, please head on over to our Facebook, our Discord, Twitter, Instagram. All the dis- all the links are in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live. So we can jump in the chat just like Dash did, just like Cass did, just like old Tight Bits did, and Dad Bod and a bunch of other beautiful, beautiful people that came in and partied with us today. Uh, one thing we'd like you to do is to share the conversation, tell your friends, tell your family about this little PlayStation pod. Be sure to go to your podcast services, give it a five-star rating, give it a written review, all that sort of garbage. If you're on the YouTube, be sure to give it a you know like and subscribe and ring the bell and all that garbage um, if that's something that you want to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, we know it's, un- no, it's difficult times right now, but you can support us financially at patreon.com slash thepopculturist as well as our uh, merchandise shop, popculturist.com slash shop. We can buy shirts and other sort of shit with our logos on it. That does bring us to the end of the show, Max. Thank you for joining me once again. Uh, no problem. It's awesome times talking PlayStation. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players.
For the players, the Pop Culturist PlayStation Podcast is fan-supported at patreon.com slash thepopculturist. And we'd like to thank our Patreon producers and our Patreon founders for their kindness, their support, and their generosity. Our Patreon founders, Alpha Ferret, Craig O'Flaherty, David Chataway, Jesse Stevenson, and Jacob Garner. And our Patreon producers, AJ Abatomi, Damien Holdies, Kyle Dunn, Lee Winterchauvin, Nathan Massetti, Paul James, Pure Mongrel, and Sean Levitt.